Hey, Gabriel Blake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? I don't know if anyone will believe it, but we are not in our respective homes. We are not only at a bar, we are indoors at a bar. Yep, we are at a dive bar. It's like, I feel like it's the first time in, what, like six months that we're actually inside a bar, well, six months, a year, since we are inside of a dive bar, and we can actually say that it's Gabriel's goal to dive bars to talk about cinema. I think so, and we're actually at the same bar that we hung out the last time I saw you in person, besides running into each other at Trader Joe's. Oh, this way. We were at the Cinch in Knobville in San Francisco, the night of, was it the uh, inauguration Biden, yeah. or the election? No, no, when the election, the, the election, last election, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it was like way before that, yeah. Place with a lot of happy memories, that among others. Yeah, yeah, like people are just buying drinks. Yeah, that, that was good, that was good, that was a good night. And today is also a good day, because we are talking about, actually, and this was your peak? What the Dolce Vita. <laughs> By Fellini, 1960, and this was your peak. Why did you pick this? So, uh, full disclosure, we have been on a hiatus for the last two and a half weeks, both because... Jose went to Chicago this is for, for some reason <laughs> for a couple of weeks and then I was sick mm -hmm. uh, so if you're asking me what my motivation was three weeks ago I don't remember but it's a good movie it's a very it's good, a good movie. movie I love so. this movie I own it on DVD I watched it on DVD mm -hmm. and had you seen it no I hadn't seen it before maybe that's why I just yeah. wanted you to make to make me watch yeah, it yeah, <laughs> those three hours <laughs> of cinema <laughs> But yeah, no, that, that's a good motivation, and I see what's your pick is my turn to actually just try to summarize this. And basically, as we were talking before I start recording, this is like a collection of vignettes of famous people in uh, Italy. Well, not famous people that they are famous in real life, but I mean more like just portraying actors, portraying like novelty kind of people. Noble, noble from the nobility. Yeah, so I would say it's Rich. like the, the industry around celebrity, exactly. whether it's celebrity yep. from being a movie star or yep. just having money. Yep. Yeah, and the uh, vehicle for this is actually this uh, journalist that uh, is uh, Mastroniani, Mario Marcello Mastroniani. Yeah, that's. Did you find him what? Not now, but like in my early 20s, I thought he was yeah. super hot. Yeah, he has like some kind of aura that is okay, you are not my type, but you sign. It's just, he has big dick energy, and I hate, <laughs> I hate that <laughs> phrase, but he's got it. Okay. Right, no, that's fair, that's fair. So basically, the, uh, the story follows him in different vignettes, in different points of, you know, like some, not like really long time of his life. But a bit like months and months, you know, like about like how he interacts with some actors, how he interacts with his girlfriend, how he interacts with his lover, you know, and uh, how he interacts with tragedy in his life. And, and his fiance, who's not his lover. Fiance, yeah. Uh, and how basically he just falls apart after losing like a very close friend. So it's interesting because it gives like a reality about Italy at that point, you know, even like about some stuff that is not really famous people related, you know, or yes, like for example, like this miracle, like the kids that they saw the Virgin, that is like pretty clear that they didn't, you know, and it's like how people go like crazy and it's like, you just generated like a famous person right now, all the paparazzi and everyone and all the journalists and just following them. But it's just about like, if you say just so stuck in time, but at the same time, like, detached from it. Yeah, it was interesting because I felt like Fellini, and I, I 
haven't watched any of his other films in a very long time, so I don't know if this is like a continuing thing, but he was very interested in presenting like the old Italy that's obsessed with religion yeah. and this new Italy that's like aggressively embracing the global popular culture. So the the first vignette and there there's seven, right? Oh, you seven? Okay, yeah. It, it, there's a number of vignettes that the film is kind of separated into. The first vignette is a helicopter flying <laughs> oh, a statue of Jesus. Yeah. But then the pilot, the people in the helicopter that's carrying it, they get distracted by these women in bikinis. They're in a swimming pool in top of a building. Apparently, yeah. and sure. he's trying to get their Very phone wrong. numbers from the helicopter, and I just think, and the, the women are like, where are they going? They must be taking Jesus to the Pope. And I, I think that just kind of oh, sets, yeah, yeah, because they're like it sets the stage of like, well, like Catholicism's yeah. still important, but this yeah. is a new it. It's a very new yeah, yeah, and they show even like the Vatican. Mm-hmm. I think that at least like once when he's like with the actress, you know, but uh, with the American actress. But it's true that there is a bit of a transition period, a bit more about like just being like traditional values, and then we're going to be like embracing this kind of I don't know like obsession with the modern, you know, like kind of pop culture that it comes from America, you know, and we're influenced by them, but also. I don't know, like being a bit more like decadent. I love, I think that my favorite vignette is actually the one with the father. Oh, when the father has a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because I feel like, it's, okay, this is the point that we hear a lot about, I don't remember what is the, main, the name of the main character. I don't know, you remember? Like Marcello? Yeah. No, no, I don't remember his name. Yeah, but it's basically all the stories have him in there. It's like he's not the center, but he's just an observant in all of them. Apparently, uh, it's Marcello. Marcello is also okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on the one with the father is like a bit closer because you can actually just see how he's projecting himself into his father about like oh so you used to cheat on mom all the time and you used to come to this cabaret and you used to he said yeah I'm I'm my father I like just basically like the leaf demons of my father. And what do you think about that kind of relating to real life when Marcello Mastriani died he had both his wife and Catherine Deneuve at his bedside because they were polyamorous, essentially. I think that is fine. At least he was a bit like completely open about it, you know. But do you think that that played a part in the film or that just happened to be like... No, I think that it just happened, you know. I think that Fellini wanted to just portray a bit more like where Italy was going to. It was not about... I think that there is no real like judgment, but it's a bit more of a self-reflection about feeling what kind of life he's living. You know, a bit more is like, oh, my life is actually just becoming like the one of one of these famous people that I write about. And I, I like that. I, I like how that ties into the movie and into real life because I do think, and I'll say that I've seen this movie four or five times in the past, and I've always enjoyed it. I, I've loved this film. It yeah. doesn't feel like three hours. But this time, and I don't know if it's because I've entered my middle age. No, middle age. I was like, this seems to be a meditation on like where we are in the present, where we came from, what the past is, where we want to go into the future, and where we should go in the future. Uh, well, more than where we should go, I think there is a bit more is that where we may end up in the future, you know, because after he loses his friend, he goes into this kind of blender, you know. That's true. Maybe it's a cautionary tale. Like, exactly. Don't go where you want to go. Exactly. Go like, maybe, yeah, maybe where you want to go that is, looks so glamorous, maybe it's not really where you, where you belong. You know, because he could actually have cut everything off and just marry his girlfriend, just having kids and just writing his book because he's a comic writer. 
but he's just for the quick bug of this doing this. You know. So, what did you think? And I have my own opinions about this as uh, an American born here. Uh, sure, yeah, spent American, most of my life yeah. in America. Um, first off, do you think that that was kind of a stereo, a character of Marilyn Monroe? Who? The, the blonde American actress that comes in. And is, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that it was. Yeah, I think that it's like when they're like, oh yeah, it's, because she's not that smart either. No, she's dumb as. That was sort of crazy. I love that expression. And, uh, but I love this scene. There are like, so many scenes that they are like so magical when they are in like in the fountain, in the fountain of a fountain of the tree. The tree, the tree. Well, it's on my Instagram. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, uh, but that I see when she actually steps into this, you know, and start like just dancing, you know, in there, like just kicking the water, and he steps in and say, like, "I'm so in love with you," and then suddenly it's like just daytime. He's like, "I love that contrast. I love it about like you're like just 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 living like a dream life, you know, but not dreaming really about like how dreamy it is, how perfect it is. Is that you're like just dreaming something? You're living something that is not real." I agree with that completely, and in the past I didn't have this reading that I had this time, that I felt like Fellini was kind of making fun of what movie culture is, what celebrity culture is, and this time I was, I saw it differently, like, American culture was invading Italy, and Italy yep. was embracing it, and they were making fun of the American culture, which yep. didn't even offend me, because if our, like, primary export in the 60s and 70s was Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> yeah, fuck <laughs> us, right? <laughs> well, well, you know, it's like, at least in the stage, you had, like, Billy Wilder, Capra, you know, they were, like, just many talented. I know, I know, Golden Age of Hollywood, you hate it, whatever. But uh, I, I just feel that there is a bit of, uh, you know, like, message there about, like, they have like this kind of passion about her because she's an American actress, she's the American, you know? I think that is the only story that actually involves an American. Oh, really? No, 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 in this, in La Dolce Vita, oh, yeah, of the vignettes, because yeah. it's the only one, you know? But yeah, I mean, I, I, I love it, there are like so many, like amazing scenes, like so perfectly recorded, that is like this super cool. You just said it was, it's a magical film, and I, I don't know of a better way to describe it, like, the direction of this film, it feels like, and I hope I'm not being like superlative, it feels like you went to Rome, and you found a bunch of cool Italians, and they just took you on this journey that was crazy, and you met a movie yeah, star. Yeah, you're part of that. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. and I also like that Italians are quintessentially cool. They think that they're cool. They think they're cool. Yeah, like, like Argentinians. They have the exactly. Yeah. But they have the best sunglasses, they were the Roman Empire, they do have some sort of claim to cool. Let me just roll my eyes a bit more. <laughs> just because the audience doesn't know it, you know, I'm like, yeah, I roll my eyes I understand, it's, it's a stereotype. I don't like it, they're like way too much. And well, I'm sorry if any of our 10 listeners is from Italy, it's not personal, but you guys are too much. I agree with you personally, I've been to Rome, I much prefer miserable French. Uh, that's just like my type. Um, but I like that... I also saw Fellini as, like, showcasing Italians are fucking cool. You can agree or not agree, but that's his point of view. Sure. And he was unapologetic about Italians embracing the cool part of, Amer of American culture. It's just... I just feel like this was such a fucking fun movie to watch. Um, and for me personally, I complain when you pick seven-hour movies about people going boating. But... 
this was a three-hour film and it felt like 90 minutes tops. I mean, to be completely fair, it's like I watched it over several days, you know, because it's so split, it was like pretty easy for actually for me just to say, okay, I'm stopping here and I will continue tomorrow in all days, you know. And I, uh, I love it, you know, it's like I, I had a blast, you know, but it's going to be like just giving the answer of one of the questions already. That is, if I would turn it into a TV show, yes. Yes, because the format is like basically a TV show. Yeah, it's basically several. No. This could easily be an HBO miniseries. Nope. Yeah, and it's like every each one of these scenes, you can reshuffle them. There is only like the last one that he has to. He has to go after uh, his friend commits suicide after killing his kids. That's the only one that is like after this that he just goes into a complete blender. Yeah, it, it got very dark in a few of the uh, a few of the vignettes. But if you were to count the dark moments over the fun or like absurd moments or the drunken moments, yeah. I do feel like it was more of a celebration of life. That being said, I'm guessing you've seen a number of Fellini films. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like this film compares in terms of gravitas? Because yep. I will say that this is this is a, I love this movie. I love to watch it. But in terms of like, how does it compare to Amarcore? Or You're going to kill me about this, but I think that I only watched like one or two other Fellini movies, and I want to watch more. So probably eight and a half will be the next one I watch, because it has been in my queue forever in almost every single streaming service. You know we can just watch the American remake, Nine. Oh, because he's like, no. It's just better. <laughs> it's, I, I love that he's like, fractions are hard for American people, let's just round up to Nine. <laughs> No, it's interesting. I have seen a number of his films, like La Strada, which has a crossover mm. character that then stars in Knights of Cameria. Like he, yes. he creates a a universe. He does, and he has the same characters. And I feel like he addresses, I don't know, subjects or questions in his other films that are more important. I don't know if that is. Yeah. But does that make them more important about this film, where I feel like it's just celebrating life and how, how crazy and fun life can be? So you feel like there is no message, that there is nothing it's else? It's not that there's not a message, it's I just, if you're comparing it to other Fellini films, I feel like it's a lesser important one. Why well, interesting. Okay. But it's more fun, for sure. It was. Okay. I mean, I felt, I felt like uh, the vignettes format, it could actually throw back, you know, it could, it could be like a negative, you know, to actually analyze as a whole, as a whole piece of three hours. But it's like I just felt that each one of those vignettes, they were adding like a stroke, you know, in a canvas. About like, okay, we're going to be telling this, is that this character has like this trauma, this character cannot commit, this character cannot. Because at the end, for me, is that this movie is like, it's true, it's about the reality of Italy during the 60s, it's about like just enjoying life and whatever, but it's like, it's also a portrait of, a, of Marcello. You know, that every single one of those stories is for just showing us an aspect of him. But do you feel like Marcello was interesting enough to warrant it? I think he was. I because think he was. He was just a paparazzo who well, fucked anything he moved. Yeah, but at the same time, I think that he was just a victim about like how Italy is adoring this reality, and he wanted to be like part of it because he was a talented writer. He could just have like the perfect Italian life, 
and he actually just chose this because he was like a bit engulfed by it. So he was a bit of a victim of it and then he was like just rolling with it. It's a bit more of a, if you move to San Francisco, you know, as a gay person that it has, you know, they meet up, so they grew up in the Midwest and you have like sex once or twice and then you're going to be like just overwhelmed about what San Francisco is about, you know, when it comes to sex and the likes. And I had a feeling that the same thing happened to him, is that now I have access to all of this beauty to all of these, you know, like beautiful people, to all these cultural people, is that and I'm, I'm going to really consider myself a equal, you know? And that's the reason why I think that the story of the friend committing suicide is that he's another victim of that. He has like an amazing, when they go to the party at his place, he has like an amazing sentence, like a quote that I don't recall about like, don't be like me. He said, don't be like just engulfed by this, because it's going to be like consuming you. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, and I, I feel like that's the reason why I really like this show because I feel like it's like it's super smart about like just not spelling everything to your face about like I'm going to be like just a completely linear story. It's like I'm going to be like just giving you the pieces. If you want to build it, it's fine. If you don't, it's fine too. And I think I so I didn't come to the same conclusions as you did, but I couldn't exactly pinpoint why I had so much fun. And I think that the characters are so relatable in that there are things that are more fun that they indulge in and they give up things that are more important and that's yeah. just so relatable. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's true, but at the same time, it's like, do you feel like it's a happy film? No, I... I get the impression the characters get a lot of pleasure, but they are not very happy. They're hedonists. Yes. They're hedonists that's living in the moment. You know, they don't think about the future. That's the reason why they, uh, how do you say, they, uh, the fiancé is that she actually is just thinking about... Uh, like a bit more like just getting married and just thinking about uh, okay. uh, our, our bartender just delivered the smallest drink in the world <laughs> yeah I feel a bit weird because actually the previous ones were like double size this is a bit strange but sure okay hopefully uh, but I felt like I think that it's like similar to what we discussed about Happy Go Lucky, that you felt is like, no, it's a comedy, like, pretty upbeat, pretty about, like, you know, like, life and enjoying life. Is that for me, this one is not so much about, like, enjoying life. For me, it's that it's a bit more of just victims of this hedonist reality that we're just coming over, you know, like, Italy during the 60s. Because, for example, he's partially in love with that famous woman that I don't remember the name. The heiress from the beginning. Exactly, yeah. And it's that when they have, like, this declaration of love, and he's in that room that I love that I've seen too. And she's like, yeah, somewhere else. They're saying, I love you. I will marry you. And he's like, yeah, I will marry you too. And she's like, well, but I'm, I'm a whole. I mean, I love sex way too much. He's like, I'm never going to be like, faithful to you. And he's like, well, she's saying that. She's actually making out with someone else. He's like, it's a bit more of that kind of internal struggle about like, people that they left themselves to Adonis and they cannot come back to the surface again. Well, I think this builds on a conversation that you and I have a lot about San Francisco gays. Like, you come here, there's this pressure to be open, and all of a sudden, instead of prioritizing your relationship, you prioritize sex. Yeah. And I think, in my personal opinion, I've seen a lot of gay men end up alone that way because, yeah, they had great sex with a lot of partners until they were 50, 60, and then they're alone. Um, So it's interesting... Uh, it's kind of the same thing and 
what I, what I find so appealing about this film is that, one, I don't think I've seen it in... I haven't seen it since I've been in San Francisco, so it's been probably about 10 years since I've seen it. I was in a very different point in my life, yeah. and I got a lot different out of it this time, just based on where I am in my life, where I am in my marriage. Um, but the fact that I came to this to record this podcast, not understanding what I was going to feel or say... <laughs> And like that's wanting to hear your point of view, I yeah. think again that's the best type of film. Is like it leaves you with more questions than answers, and makes you think. And I think this film really did that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, this was an amazing film. You know, it was I wouldn't say like perfect. You know, but I would say like every single one of those vignettes, I enjoy them as a standalone. But it's like when I actually just put it together. I felt it's like, okay, there is a message, and the message is that maybe it's because I'm a bit more of a pessimist. You know, but it's that the message is is sad. Is that none of them is going to be happy? You mm. you really consider yourself a pessimist? Mm, when it comes to cinema, I think so. You know, it's like after Happy Go Lucky, that you were like looking at it about like she's super happy, she's super <laughs> crazy. I know she's fucking destroyed inside. Well, in that in that Korean film, I was like, he's not a serial killer. <laughs> he's like he's fucking a serial killer. And they almost spell it. Look into the camera. Uh, yeah, I don't know. With cinema, I always try to think that he said, yeah, they're like just trying to make me cry or try to make me feel bad. Maybe it's because that's the reason why I like Hanukkah so much. Yeah, because Hanukkah wants to make you feel oh, yeah. like shit, and we like to feel like shit yep. when it's Hanukkah that's doing it. So let me ask you this: What emotion did you think Fellini wanted you to feel? I think that I felt pity for them. You know, feel like you know because the thing is, I had a feeling that uh, it also like, just tries to build upon the uh, the uh, the paparazzos. You know, the paparazzi is about like okay, they are like just building this kind of glamorous life for those people. You know, and they're to steal like those moments so people can have like that fantasy about like oh, they have a perfect life, they have everything. You know, and it's like from the perspective of what I was seeing, it's like they don't, they have the money, but none of them feels like super, you know, like happy or sane. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you, and I, I have this confused look on my face because I feel like, as I said before, this yeah. is like me going to Rome and getting caught up with this fun party crowd, and ultimately all of them are unfulfilled, um, which is how I feel about real life. Yeah, this, is, this is interesting. Yeah, so for me, it's like it's one of those vignettes you just give like a stroke of unhappiness to it, you know, it's that they're enjoyable, you know, to watch, but none of them are really happy. So, you know, there is unrequited love, there is like tragedies, like the father, you know, there is like the, the murder, you know, it's well, the, the suicide murder kind of things that all of them are, are sad. I have to say that my very, very favorite vignette, and when you kind of describe it, it sounds so pathetic. It could be the second, it could be the third. It's when Marcello meets the heiress and they. They go to have sex at the. Uh, they somehow end up giving a prostitute a ride home, and she lives like in a flooded basement. God. And they say, "Will you make us coffee?" And the prostitute's like, "Yeah, I make good coffee." So they went down, and they ended up having sex in this woman's bedroom. And it's yeah. hard because because of the time, everything is exaggerated. Yeah. So it's a little bit like you don't feel kind of the emotional resonance resonance that you would feel as if it were made today. Yeah. But you're like. This man who has a fiance met this woman and is now fucking in a prostitute's basement apartment. Yeah. And it's so sad. Yeah, it's super sad. It's just decadent, basically. But yeah. Oh, excuse me. This is not gin tonic. Is that? No, it's not. I told her. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't taste like it at all. I'll get you another one. Alright, thank you.
the world's smallest drink wasn't even gin. Yep, it was a bit of a sad, sad day. He says that just working his teeth down. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that part is like completely decadent. I think that it actually just sets up like the tone for the rest of the movie. You know, it's like for me, there was no like just beautiful people having a beautiful time. It was a bit more of beautiful people thinking that they're having a beautiful time and just being happy inside. So I have this conversation with my psychologist husband all the time that people say they want things, but they never take any action to like get those things. My opinion is that in the vast majority of cases, people would like things, but they don't actually want them because they don't take any action. Yeah. So I feel like this cast, they would like to be happy, but they don't do any of the things that actually make them happy. No, they made them happy right now, but they don't make it happy in the long term. Yeah, it's like it's You know, it's like when they go to the party. In fact, that. That is in socially pretty decadent when they go to this party with the royalty, you know, in that like worn, worn down castle. It's like basically it's like everyone is just worn out from just living from that enemies. So they are not human beings. They are like just people that they are like just for having pleasure right now, but there is nothing interesting. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's the party that Marcello tries to turn into an orgy, but it doesn't happen and he ends up riding a woman's back. No, no. It's the one that he actually gets like the declaration of love from from the heroes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like a, they actually go then later to actually the they uh, are. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, he totally forgot um, that he didn't have tonic on the gun, and he pressed that one and he came out. Yeah, that did like, have yeah. tonic. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think when it comes to Films, not real life, but when it comes to film, I am more optimistic. I look for the best in the characters. I need. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think overall this movie is, is happy, but I think it's like sixty percent. It's fake pleasure. happiness. It's fake happiness. It's like yeah. pleasure yeah. and enjoyment. It's the yeah. And then like a 35 percent of hey, these people will never be happy. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, I think that is what is amazing about cinema. You know, like good cinema is that you could watch it and you could just take it as like it's happy. Because they are like people having fun. It's like, true, all of them are having fun, but they're like a small, like just glimpses of they're never going to be happy. Which, like I said, the last time I saw this was 10 years ago, and in my 20s, it was all about seeking like pleasure. Like, I wanted to feel good, yeah. but it wasn't happiness, and I couldn't yeah. keep doing that forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's like they, uh, and the funny thing is that the portrait, how they portray like the long term investment and the long term happiness is with the fiance. And actually, he depicted it as like, she's crazy. She's a super controlling. Is that the scene where she's like, just eat the egg. And Marcel is like, no, I don't want to eat the egg. I don't want to eat the egg. And he's like, no, eat the banana. He's like, no, no, the banana, no. And he's like, that scene is, is hilarious. But at the same time, it's like you are like just forcing to have this depiction of the woman. is like, she's crazy. She's like just super controlling, you know. But at the same time, it's like it's the contrast about like this is your mother. This is she's playing like if it was someone's mother, but she could be like an amazing mother of kids. But you don't want that. You want to just keep fucking everything the most. Anything the most. Yep. Because he actually got involved, but that's Dolce Vita. So it's like a curse more than actually like as a blessing. It's interesting that. Um I, I never have the urge or the drive to be like, let's watch a Fellini movie, honey. Like, let's sit down I'm and watch this. I'm surprised about that. Yeah. 
But it's like war movies. I don't like war movies, but then when like uh, the Hurt Locker came out, I'm like, I forced myself to watch it, and I enjoyed it tremendously. Um, that's what Fellini is for me for some reason. But like, you like a tournament, and it's a partially a war movie. Yeah, but mostly it takes place on a beautiful estate That's between true. beautiful people. It's not exactly. And then like, they're yeah, yeah, and then they <laughs> they, they go bad. Yeah. What, what's Kate Winslet's ex-husband that just did the war movie? Sam Mendes. Oh. That's a war movie. I'm never gonna watch that war movie. Okay, no, that's fair. But that's I fair. but I have that same like I have a resistance to watch Fellini movies for whatever reason. But when I watch them, I love them. So I wonder if he's just making me feel emotions that are too like resonant. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it was the Satyricon like long time ago, and maybe like the only other Fellini movie that I watched. And I had like eight and a half for a very long time on every single streaming platform that I had it on my queue about like, I have to watch it, it's like one of the most popular of his movies. And I never watched it, and I felt like, wow, this has been really good, like an amazing movie, you know? Is there I really sense? want to hear your, your feedback when you watch it. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, I, I actually thought about watching it today when you told me, so I'm going to be like a bit late. I thought, like, okay, have like just time for watching it. He said, like, nah, let's hold, let's hold. Let's just talk about this and they're just coming back. But it's like, this is a movie that's it's a reference. It's like people talk about this movie nowadays. You know, it's like it's one of the classics, let's say. And it's, uh, it's with no La Ventura, but you know, it's, it's a classic in its own right. You think that Aventura is better than it is? 100% better, and I love Le Dolce <laughs> Okay, okay. I, uh, what is the name of the director of La Ventura that is in now? I'm really farting. Uh, uh, it's uh, the one from Blow Up. <laughs> uh, Antonioni. Okay, Antonioni. I, uh, after watching only from him uh, La Ventura and Blow Up, it's like I think that Fellini was more solid on this movie. I honestly, I would agree. I mean, all joking aside, I think La Ventura is perfect, but um, visually, it's incredible. Overall, Fellini has a much stronger perspective and point of view. Yeah, You're right about that. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, when we watched Blow Up, that is, we we were not recording by then, no. I think we were scoring films by then, but oh, we, yeah. okay. we, we didn't record. Yeah, that, yeah. So. yeah. But I felt like, okay, this is a bit more like disconnect, you know, it's a bit more like blurry kind of thing. It's like for this one, it's like, it's tight. It's three hours, but it's tight. It's like, okay, you could remove like one of the, uh, I don't know exactly what vignettes I would remove, if any. It's hard because each of them have something that's significant and impactful. Yeah. Um, I remember for me specifically that the prostitute vignette and the father dying, or the father's heart attack, yeah. like each one of them, and I'm guessing that 10, 12 years ago when I saw this film the last time, different vignettes appeared to me, uh, yeah. appealed to me. In a different way, yeah. Overall, I I think this is literally a fantastic film. Like, yeah. I, I own this on DVD, I watched it on DVD, I will watch it again. Do you have the Criterion uh, collection of this? I do not, but I, it's some sort of special edition. It has a second disc with like extra features and some booklets, but it's oh. not the Criterion Collection. Oh, that's it. This is back from my like written film critic days. I got it for free from somebody. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, should we do the questions? Let's do it. You have to bring them yeah, up because I don't have my phone. Let me pull it up. So we're not using Zoom in our own homes. Yeah. So. Questions. All right, so 
Would you watch it again, Jose? Yes, I will probably not right away. I even like, was tempted about like maybe I should refresh my memory and just watch it again. It's like it's three hours, you know. It's still three hours. It is. So it's like it, it takes, you know. It takes like a bit of effort. I will watch it again, definitely. But it's like not right now. I will watch it like probably with someone else, you know. If I want to look like intellectual, it's like it's worth a lot to be there. It's just a reflection of the Italian reality in the 60s. So I, I get the impression I like this film more than you did, not that you didn't like it, but I I told my husband, who his father is Italian, I told him I watched it, and he was like, I saw it a long time ago, but I would like to rewatch it. And I was like, I'll rewatch it with you again right, right now. now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, for both of us. Yeah. Uh, would you recommend this film? Yes. Yes, I would recommend it even to my parents. It's like, that's my, my threshold. It's like, I know that I always mention it, it's like, my parents watch a lot of cinema, but it's like, every single time that they watch something that is a bit more of a, I don't know how to say it, edgy, edgy for someone that is 73 years old, it's like, they're going to be like, oh my god, and this happened in the movie. It's like, yeah, I mean, there was like some oral sex. Yeah, it's not the end of the world, but it's like, if you're 73, it's like, it's going to be something. In this one, I think that it's like, it's... Perfectly, I won't say family friendly because there is like very terrible stuff, like the guy like just committing suicide and killing his kids, you know. But it's like, I think that my parents would enjoy it. And it's all off screen. It's very subtle when there's something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that it's a bit more like about like the contrast of uh, how lovely he describes things about like, oh, the girl is so smart and the guy is so the the boy is so whatever. Is like, and then he kills them. They're just displaying this kind of lading and happiness that they have. But it's like, I think that anyone can actually appreciate this and they will be like, just, wow, like mind blown by it. Yep, I would agree. I would recommend it basically to anyone. My mom, I, I think, I also feel like this is a film that's artistic and brilliant, but also kind of friendly to the masses. Yeah. Like, even if you're not super into classic film, this is a fast-paced, super smart, yeah. entertaining... Yeah, and all the vignettes is like, well, like 20, 30 minutes, each one of them. Yeah, and it's you nice. really can't break it out. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, it's amazing about like, the perspective of like, how fast-paced it feels about like every single story. It's activity. So, will you remember this one? Yes, I don't think that I will remember all of the vignettes, but I think that I will remember most of it. So, I, like I said, I've seen this film many times. I didn't remember the specifics. I remember the American movie star. I remember that he's a paparazzo. But, like, the specifics, I did not remember. And I actually enjoyed that because I felt like rewatching something. Again. Yep. No, that's good. Um, is there anything artistic about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, if there is. It's, a, it's hilarious because it's that the thing is that sometimes he looks like a set, but it's wrong. Is it is they, from, yeah. is, everything it's is so wrong. Picturesque. Yeah, it's completely picturesque. It's like how he actually just plays everything to feel so dreamy. That's the reason why I love that scene when they are on the fountain. It's a Saturday is daytime. And the song is like just cleaning about like what the fuck are they doing here? You know, well, like just like this, this is not for you, like just taking a bath, you know. He's like, What are you doing? Is that like that kind of contrast? He's like, I love it. And it's like everything feels like wrong. It's like there is like such a mastery of like how he suits that is incredible. I completely agree with that, and I would add that the way that he shows, like, the Vatican or, um, like, the, the fountain that you talked about, he also contract, contrasts it 
with these new buildings. Yeah. So the very, very first vignette when the, the statue is flying over the women in bikinis, <laughs> that's a new development. And you can yeah. see the old Italy versus the new. And then also in, uh, what is the vignette you just mentioned? When they're dancing with the uh, American star? There was, I, I don't remember what it is now, but there's another vignette that's like showing, oh, this is the new Italy and it's a departure. Is it good? Is it not? I don't know. Yeah. So is this a timeless? Hi, Maggie. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that it's like an amazing movie that is like, we could watch it like 20 years in the future. And it's true, as I was telling you, it's interesting that it's just fixing time of a transition, you know, because you have to think that Italy also went through a transition, is that they had a, a dictatorship during the, uh, the 40s, you know, and is that they actually transitioned to the democracy and they grew up and they exploded, you know, in a way that Spain didn't do. Spain did it in the 80s, but it did it in the 60s, you know. So from that perspective, it's like it displays a, a snapshot in time about Italy, but it's still something that as we started like consuming this life of the famous and looking up to them, is that it still applies to nowadays, that we realize them, but it's that they are not so idyllic as we actually think they are. And most people probably know this, but the term that we use today, paparazzi, is because there is a photographer in the Dolce Vita paparazzo. named Paparazzo, and he chases after trying to get pictures. I love that little Yeah, little yeah the whole story, yeah, yeah. So it's, this film is so iconic that it defines words that we use today. Yeah. Um, I also think it's a timeless piece. I'm sure there's something that I missed by not seeing it in the 60s, cultural references, but I completely agree with you what I got from it 10 years ago, this watching, or whether I watch it in 20 years, it's it's completely timeless. Yeah, no, definitely. So would you turn this into a TV show? I already said this one, and yes, I would. I mean, I, I wouldn't want them to just do it now, you know, because I don't think, who could actually direct like a TV version of this? Ryan Murphy, I think he, really he, he can direct anything, <laughs> anything, oh god, he's so versatile. Yeah, so, to be honest, for me, the film flows so seamlessly that it doesn't feel like, like disparate pieces. You're completely right, it is broken up into vignettes. Um, so, before our conversation, I would have said I prefer this as a movie, but after we spoke about it, I'm like, yeah. With somebody that has the storytelling skills of, like, David Lynch, for instance. <laughs> okay. He could easily make this into a 10-part miniseries. Like, yeah. It would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, it's so easy to consume it that way, and I consume it. I watch it, like, over 10 days, probably, you know? Yeah. That is, okay, I'm going to be, like, watching a bit more. Is that, holy shit, I still have, like, an hour and a half. The last hour or the last hour and a half, I just watch it in a single seat, you know? But, uh... But I would turn it. I think that this is something that you could have like more and more about this character. I wouldn't mind like just watching it more about like this tormented character that he has a talent, but the talent is actually just trapped into this reality that he dropped himself into. Yeah, I think I, I would have welcomed the opportunity to get to know any of these characters on a deeper level. Not that they didn't do a good job about it, but yeah. I would have been happy to sit with them longer. Yeah, 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 and I love that actually uh, the heroes comes back, you know, because when we saw it at the beginning, I was like, I want to know more. 
you know, when she actually comes back, not only for the phone call, but later at the party, it was the, this is great. It's like, this is like a completely round movie. You know, it's like everything is like just so well thought, is that there is no fat to this. It's like everything is like just there for a reason. That's a fantastic way to describe it. Um, because the next question is, do you think this film could have been better? My answer is no. Like, no I way. wouldn't change a thing. No. If there's a way to make it better, it's beyond my film knowledge. I would keep this exactly as it is, unless it were to be a TV show, and then give us more. Yeah. And that's yeah, I mean, giving more and adding more characters, it would be absolutely fine. You know, it would be fine. Like, just hearing like, a bit more of the life of the... Uh, of the characters that they live on this castle, you know, I say, I would like to hear a bit more about it. You'll be weird, you How know, did they but, end up here? Yeah, it's a, in this kind of, I don't know, like the crepit, the crepit place, you know, like completely stuck in time. Is it what exactly is it when they come back from the party during daytime and the mother is like going to church? It's <laughs> hilarious. Oh my god, you're partying again. Uh, but yeah, it's as what we see on those three hours is perfect. If I wanted more, yes, it is. But I, I don't think that there is any director that could actually do this properly. Not even Lynch, I'm sorry. Because Lynch actually would embrace like the weirdness, you know. He doesn't have like that kind of I'm sorry for saying this, European sensibility. I think that he's like perfect for just depicting what is the American reality. But when it comes a bit more about like this country has been here for four centuries, well for four centuries, for twelve centuries, is a like, I don't know if he could actually just gather yeah, I agree. David Lynch has a, a, a... I like his point of view and his perspective, but it's very limited. It's yeah. like, we're going to see something nice be destroyed. Yeah. This shows a lot more balanced. Hey, this is the old, this is the new, this is where we're at. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so the last thing is just to score it. Yeah, I'm a bit torn. I'm going to be like just cheating a bit. My score is going to be 9.25. Wow. What? <laughs> That's a high score for you. It is. It is. I was torn, you know, I was like just going for 9.5 or 9. But now I'm going to be like just going with that. I think that this is an amazing movie. I felt like every single time that I press play, I was engaged by it. I'm like, okay, I want to know more. It's and incredibly it, compelling. Yeah. And when he actually got to the uh, to the father, the scene it was like just mind blown. I'm like, this is so sad. It's like when I actually everything clicked, it's like, this is not about like, being happy, it's about like, just the drawback or just this happiness for right now, you know, or, like, just disregarding everything else. He's, like, he has like a potential career in writing, he's like just throwing it away. He actually has like a potential marriage, he's, like, he's just throwing it away as his father actually throw it away. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think, so Entertainment Weekly, the very prestigious magazine, <laughs> uh, rated this the sixth best film of all time. And do you remember where the other five? I do not. <laughs> it was such a red episode, one of them. <laughs> and then um, Armageddon, I think, was two. Uh, La Ventura was yeah. second, no? <laughs> I, I think, despite whatever flaws exist, and there are some, this is such an important entry into film history that yep. it deserves all the praise it gets. Yep. Yeah, I had to say that I love, and we didn't talk about it, but it's like I love it, like the scene with the, with the kids and just seeing the Virgin. Is that I love that one because it felt like so hitting close home about like, yeah, I know how, you know, like Mediterranean countries we are with our face, you know, like just letting ourselves like getting carried away. That is like, yep, I can see that, you know, in Spain, Portugal. And the whole dichotomy of like worshipping pop culture and worshipping Jesus and how that oh, yeah. like completely uh, like combined or like 
col- collided in that thing yet, and you're like, yeah, this is a really weird place Italy is in. It could be really weird. Yeah, it could be the Beatles. It could be. Yeah. Scott yeah. <laughs> was thinking about like those girls that just going crazy and screaming about the Beatles, you know. But yeah, I I was impressed by it. So thank you so much for picking it up because it was Finally. yeah, it was one of those movies that I always had on my queue for watching, and it's like I never like found the motivation for You're watching welcome. it. You're yeah. welcome. Okay. Yeah. So, so this was my pick, yeah. which means it's your pick next. Yeah. So at the beginning, I was thinking about like yes, because we're getting close to the 100 episode. I was thinking about like yes, picking something else that we watched in the past. But at the end, I was like really surprised before we started recording that you didn't watch Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola. I, it's not just that I didn't watch it. I didn't know Francis Ford Coppola directed the vampire. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, I was eight when this movie came uh, out, so let's remember that's true. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like just how like a minus twenty six years when the Dolce Vita came out. I'm an old soul, so I resonate with things. Oh, but you're an old soul before you were born. <laughs> After, okay, got it. Thank you. That makes perfect sense. So, uh, but yeah, I actually remember watching this one, and I was. Pretty impressed by it, you know. I know you're it's a big fan of Winona Ryder, so. Oh yeah, I mean it's yeah. I have like a body pillow with. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, when I actually turn it around, it's Keanu Reeves. It's like it's the pen of the day. Can I borrow that? No, <laughs> it's mine. Sorry. <laughs> and Keanu Reeves like just holding a puppy. <laughs> but no, I am curious about like, just hearing your opinion because it's a movie that I'm wondering how it actually is. Because it's. 29 years old this year. Yep, it's from movie from the 90s, so you know what happens in the 90s. <laughs> Let's see. All right, well, so next time, Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola. Sorry, yeah, and to all the audience, thank you so much for listening. I mean, just go out. Is a deep Things are reopening, be cautious. Get vaccinated. If, get vaccinated if you can. Yeah, start like just, you know, like uh, pointing your, your vaccine. And Wash your hands. Yeah, even if we are done with this... You should keep washing your hands. Still wear your mask. Yeah. Well, still wash your hands. Yeah. Don't hook up with strangers. Let's just let's talk about this. We can actually <laughs> negotiate on this. All right. Thank you so much, folks. See ya.